Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. something movie podcast now I, I will start by saying that originally our little monsters episode this is episode 264 little monsters by the way um originally little monsters was supposed to be a part of our kids month our kids movie month in september but as with jurassic park life found a way to mess everything up and so we were not able to record that one in september so it, it's still it's it's monsters it's little monsters so we're in october now hence you get the scary, spooky October intro to the podcast. So, and and I just I I always enjoy recording a good evil laugh whenever I can. So, uh, you're all welcome. By the way, um, <laughs> speaking of welcome, and the the not so evil laugh you may hear in the background, I've got Bo the Love Fest, or should I call you Fright Fest for the month of October? I think so. Okay. I think that would work. Although Bo, is that trademarked, I wonder. Bo the frightly frightfully lovely fest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bo, how you doing? I'm well, John. Yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's October. It's like possibly the greatest month of the year. Wow, I did not know you felt that way about the month of October. I think I do. I think I do. Uh, being I from being from Texas, it used to be like all the summer months because sure, I always appreciate that. But I don't know. As I've gotten a little bit older, I love Halloween. Halloween probably one of my favorite holidays of the year. Um, mostly because I just like to wear costumes mm. and. I, I just like all the scary stuff. Like I, I'm enjoying the music. I, as soon as it see backtrack, let me take a step back for just a moment. The year was 2019 yeah. uh, and it became October. Well, it, it turned fall a little bit. The first day, my lovely wife, uh, the first day it starts to turn cold. She breaks out all the pumpkin spice candles, uh, mm-hmm. all of the, um, uh, the, the, no, I think the the uh, mold spice candles, those are more sure. Christmas time. But, you know, she brings out all the fall stuff. Like, she's just... So you're a fan like of the standing. pumpkin smell? Uh, it depends. It depends. Okay. It needs to be the right pumpkin smell. Sure, sure. We're not uh, we're not coffee people, so we don't do the pumpkin spice lattes. We don't you do any of that. Stuff, pumpkin but. shake from Culver's. I have not. I highly recommend that. Okay. All right. I, I'm kind I of... I experienced it for the first time myself yesterday. Okay. I'm a little, I'm a little picky on my pumpkin flavors. Like I'm okay with certain pumpkin candles. Sure. I'm absolutely fine with pumpkin pie. We, we had some friends coming over a few days ago and, uh, we went to buy an apple pie at Costco. Turns out they didn't have any, but they had a $6 pumpkin pie that was the size of a large pizza. God bless America. That's all I have to say. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, pe- mm. that those pies there. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I do sometimes wonder if they're just a little excessive. You know, like 
unless you're going to a party, what are you doing with that pie? Right, right. I had my aunt. Unless you've unless you've bought unless you've bought stock in childhood obesity, then it's a little excessive. My aunt brought two of those to a Mm -hmm. a Christmas dinner once. I I was like, well, thanks, but how many people did you think were here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that was the when I walked out of the store. I think I walked out. I don't know if I had anything else with me, but I, I had the pumpkin pie. I might've had something else. And you know, they always check your receipt as you walk out of the store. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking out of the store and the person says, now don't eat that all at one time. And I almost looked at the person and be like, Hey, you know what? You don't tell me what to do. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. I'm, I'm trying to live my best life here. And if my best life is that I'm going to take this pumpkin pie home and destroy it, then you don't know me. I'd do what I want. I, you ain't been where I've been, but this is not the pie podcast. It might start to sound like the pie podcast, but it is October and October is horror month. It is simultaneously one of my favorite months and one of Pat's least favorite months. Hence the reason Pat's probably running late tonight is because he knows this is the start of our October podcasts, but so it is little monsters. We did have to push this one back just a little bit, but we're here now. We're ready to go. Little monsters, uh, all about that stuff. So before we get started very, very quickly, we spoil the movies we talk about. So just be aware. This is your spoiler alert right here for the rest of the episode. Uh, we may spoil some other movies that we have not planned to talk about, but we just we speak freely here. So uh, leave us an iTunes review if you haven't yet. iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. But iTunes is most helpful because of all the algorithms and such. And then visit our website if you have not done that yet, 30podcast.com. That's got all the different ways that you can interact with the show. We'd love to hear from you. We've got a voicemail line that you can call into there. Um, You don't even have to talk about movies. If you want to just call in and say hi, then that's fine. You can totally do that. We're not going to stop you. There's no restrictions on that. Uh, But we'd love to hear what you you know about these movies, what you feel about these movies. If you've got something you want to tell us, like, hey, you've – there's a movie from 1989. It's a horror movie. You guys don't even have it on your list. Uh, you need to check out this movie. Now, we may not end up recording an episode about it on the podcast, but you bet your sweet bippy I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means, but I just said it. I was going to ask because I've never known what it means either. Yeah, don't don't Urban Dictionary it because I don't know what it is. Or do and tell us. Or, or do and tell us. And maybe you can call the voicemail line in and say, you know, if you're trying to be a family friendly show, you may not want to say you, you bet your sweet bippy. Right. But I feel like I looked it up one time and it's pretty safe. You would look that up. I can I, honestly I, say I never have. I would. I just, I'm inquiring, awesome. inquiring minds, you know. I, I love that you so, look that up. That's cool. I, I'm the one that has the child that does the Vulcan salute in class, so. That is true. Well, in terms of news, uh, there's a couple, couple few things going on uh, around about these parts. New teaser for Stranger Things 4 just came out either yesterday or today. Um, it's, it's looking, I mean, it's like 20 seconds long, 30 seconds long, so you don't get any idea, but yeah, I mean, if you want to get people hyped for the next season of stranger things, then that works for me. Yeah. Basically it's, you see the stranger things logo, you see a giant four and then everything kind of starts to, it turns from red into it's, it's kind of getting covered by those like creepy upside down vines and everything else. And, and then, um, it kind of all fades away at some point and then it says we're not in Hawkins anymore. So if you, did you finish season three? You know, there's part of me that needs to go back and double check, but I believe I did. Yes. Okay. All right. I don't want to say anything just in case you didn't, but. No, go ahead. I, I'm not. Okay. Well, by the end, I'll say, okay, so this is for everybody. If you haven't seen Stranger Things season three, like skip ahead a minute or two. Right. Um, By the end of that, you end up in uh, like the final scene is in a prison. It seems to be in Russia. Yes. Yes. 
and you've got in one cage you have kind of like a it's either a demogorgon or a demo dog or or whatever it is. Yeah, and then, sometimes I'm then a little have, confused of to which is which, but yes. Right, and then you have they walk by a door and it's either I don't think it's labeled, but I think somebody says something about the American. Yeah. Behind that door, so my assumption is is that we're going to branch out beyond Hawkins and we're going to have some other stuff going on. I would imagine that we're still going to have we're still going to have Hawkins be a focal point of the story, but sure. I don't think it's going to be sure. completely taking place all in Hawkins, Indiana this time. So, cool. yeah. So I am looking forward to that. Um, I, th- do, do you think you know who the American is? You know, it's funny you're saying that because I thought I did at the time, but it's not coming to me now. Okay. Like I remember thinking, Oh, I bet it's, but I, I think it's either I think it's either Hopper. So I think it's it's either uh, Jim Hopper, or they're going to do a complete fan favorite shocker here, and it's going to be Barb from season one. That's who I thought it was. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Because it just seems like that could be that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's exactly who I thought it was. Thank you. Yep. Yep. I couldn't come up with the name, but yes, I was like, oh, it's the missing girl. Mm-hmm. It's gotta mm-hmm. be the missing girl. Yep. So we'll see. Yeah. Although I try to remember, I, and I think maybe, and I may be remembering this wrong because we watched uh, season one with John. Um, mm-hmm. He had never seen it, so he wanted to watch it, and so we watched season one with him. And I feel like there was a time where I was going, "Oh, you know, I bet maybe Barb comes back," and and then I almost feel like we see Barb's corpse in season one. Yeah, I feel like point. we. I was did, like, "Oh, never." But are we sure that that's really? Maybe not. You know, it is the upside down. That's true. Strange things are afoot in the upside down. You're fig- we're figuring that whoever they have was shot, put it out the other side, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that the mm-hmm. theory? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, could be anything. Yeah. I'm hoping it's not Will because how he's connected to it. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's not like some weird duplicate echo, quote unquote, kind of Star Trek-y kind of thing. Making copies. Right. Like, I, I don't want it to be that. Mm-hmm. That would be a fun callback to uh, multiplicity if they decided to do that for Stranger Things 4. <laughs> there you go. There's a. Yeah. I just feel There's like that's a, been done in sci fi so much with the. Yeah. Oh, the echo of your mm-hmm. persona was left in the other universe and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I just I don't want that to be it. I want it to be somebody who was lost in there and was ejected out the backside. Yeah. Whoa, now. <laughs> Or, you know, the other thought I had, he wasn't killed in the Upside Down, was he? Sean Astin's character. No. No, he was killed in the... Um, he was IRL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was killed by the Demo Dogs. Yeah, never mind. I was thinking it could be him, but no. He would have to be in the Upside Down when it happened for that to make sense. Okay. I'm still going the multiplicity thing. Uh, so that's Stranger Things 4. And then there was a new trailer. Now, you said you had not seen this one yet. No. The new trailer for Birds of Prey. No. Okay. Or as if we want to do the full title, uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harlequin. You know what a Harlequin is? A Harlequin's role is to serve. It's nothing without a master. No one gives two sh- who we are beyond that. The Joker and I broke up. I wanted a fresh start, but it turns out I wasn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. Spectacular news! Miss Quinn, she belongs to me. 
I'm going to run with the assumption that DC is kind of going to start to treat Harley Quinn kind of like their Deadpool. Oh, okay. Have some that's, fun the, that's kind of the sense I'm getting from this movie, like the vibe that her character is given off. And she would be a good character to do that with. So, like, it's going to be a fun, zany, quirky movie. Mm-hmm. So, why not? Sure. And I don't know that she's going to be in Suicide Squad 2. I think I mentioned that to you earlier before we started recording. I'm not yeah. sure she's going to be in that. So, you know, use her in this movie. And I'll admit, I have not... Uh read much about suicide squad too, except to know that it exists. Right. Right. And, and James Gunn's directing it. And right. All. Like, yeah, I know very, you know, just that one article I read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. Okay. But it looks like fun. It looks like fun. You know, she's in the, in the trailer and I know you haven't seen it yet, but, uh, in the trailer, she kind of mentions that she, uh, she broke up with Mr. J and, uh, mm. you know, she's emancipating herself from being, the Joker's girlfriend and uh, trying to strike out on her own. And uh, I, I'm a little, let's see. I, I think I, I mean, I, I'm going to assume that I know the Batman characters better than you do. Uh, yes. Yes. You can McGregor. assume that. Okay. So Ewan McGregor and I mean, Ewan, Ewan McGregor is a, he's, I'm confident enough to say this. He's a good looking man. Yeah I, yeah. I think I can go with you on that one. Okay. All right. Um, he's playing a character called black mask who in the mm. comics Where's a black mask <laughs> in the movie. And I'm assuming because he's a handsome man, mm-hmm. he's not wearing a mask. That's a problem. That's kind of weird. Like, why would your name be black? And I get it. It's a trailer. We only see like a few really quick clips of him real fast, but um, you know, he's kind of in the comics several times he would be dressed in kind of like a, sometimes like a white suit and he was wearing a white suit in, in a few of the scenes that I saw in the trailer. Um, but black mask always had a black mask on. So, I mean, I, I get the whole like mob boss gangster kind of thing, but I'm like, then I need to see why he's why black mask. If you're not going to put a mask on him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's all I know about that one. So we'll, we'll leave that one. If anybody else has got any thoughts on the birds of prey movie, it looks like fun. So it's one depending, I don't know if I'm going to go see it in the theater, but it'll definitely be one that I'll watch at some point. Uh, cause you know, I enjoyed of the parts I did enjoy about suicide squad. Harley Quinn's character was one of the things I enjoyed about suicide squad. Other than that, not as much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm always a fan of Ewan McGregor, so I will right. watch whatever he's in. Including, have we talked about this yet? And then we can get onto our movie, the Obi-Wan TV series. Yeah. Oh, hello there. Yes. Okay. That yeah. I am very excited about this. Yeah, that will be very cool. I wanted the Obi-Wan movie for many, many, like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far, far away. I wanted the mm-hmm. Obi-Wan movie. And then when I heard it's not going to happen, I'm like, oh, could you just do it? I just, I think that he would be so good in it. If you just give him an opportunity to make a movie that falls in between episodes three and four, mm-hmm. I think it would be really good. Because be awesome. his, his Obi-Wan Kenobi slash Alec Guinness that he played in Revenge of the Sith was outstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, his character was a little, obviously a little wooden in uh, episode one and could have cleaned up some stuff in episode two, but I don't think that I blame that on him. I think I blame that a little bit on George Lucas's directing. I think the writing was, and and the writing, right? Especially in one. <sighs> I get the feeling we're bringing on another useless life form. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No kidding. You needed the force to figure that out there, did you? <laughs> You're going to be the death of me, Anakin. Oh, good grief. Yeah. That, God. <laughs> I for, some of it's so bad, I forget about it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when you and I, I was telling the kids about this the other day. Do you remember when you and I would go in the special editions when yep. no one else was in the theater? We'd sit in the back and we'd kind of do our own, yes. like, mystery, mystery science, science theater. theater at, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That right. was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun because it's movies we love. Oh yeah, but there is so much about them to just mm-hmm. tear into. Mm-hmm. Shall we talk a little monsters? Sure. Let's talk a little monsters. All right. So the movie Little Monsters is our movie this time around. It came out on the twenty fifth of August in nineteen eighty nine. Rated a and a It was one hour and forty minutes. Directed by Richard Greenberg, who died uh, not because of this movie, but in twenty eighteen. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to Pat's not here yet. And I don't know if he'll be able to get here in time for this one. So I'm just going to try to insert some stuff. I think Pat might say, um, he did. I don't know that he directed a whole lot of other movies, maybe because of this movie, but, uh, he mm. did visual effects on the devil's advocate, last action hero and predator. Producer for this one, uh, John Davis, Andrew Licht and Jeffrey a Muller Davis did predator and the firm Licht did the cable guy and idle hands. Uh, that's a fun Halloween movie. If you want to watch one, uh, and then Muller did Waterworld and the Cable Guy. Writers for this one were Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott. Rossio did Pirates of the Caribbean and Shrek. Elliott did Pirates of the Caribbean and Shrek, so they pretty clearly worked together. Yeah. Uh, cinematography was Dick Bush, <clears throat> who died in 1997. Uh, did cinematography for Victor Victoria and Pink Panther movies. Did you say something? Nope. Nope. Okay. Just checking. Uh, music was done by David Newman, who also did Heather's, the Bill and Ted movies, and The Sandlot. You are killing me, Smalls. Newman. Uh, what is also killing me is the box office for this movie. The budget for this movie was a cool $7 million. The box office for this movie was a completely frigid $793,775. Not that surprising, though, really. I just don't see it doing that well in the theaters. I'm not saying it's a bad movie or anything. I loved That's it right. as a kid. No, I, I, just, I, I got you. And I don't. I didn't see it in the theater, and I should have. The age was right. Like the fact that I didn't see it in the theater. I, I don't know that 
any well clearly nobody saw this in the theater i was just gonna say i don't think i think i think there's a reason why i think when i was reading up some of the trivia on this movie is that it was not i think it was released in like less than 200 theaters oh so that would be why you never saw it well that explains that a little better yeah Yeah, i i'm that number may be wrong but whatever it was it was ridiculously low like that's one of the reasons people said that well this movie didn't do well in the theater because nobody saw it Hmm. Like it, well, it that didn't, makes more it, sense. It didn't get released barely anywhere. So yeah, I remember coming across it on, you know, like HBO or something. Like it, it yeah. was, you know. Oh yeah, it was a, it was like a, a regular staple of the. Well, it was. We need a movie to fill a spot in our lineup. Mm-hmm. Little monsters. There you go. We got an hour and forty seconds. We saw it a ton growing up. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's on well, and time. we. I don't remember where, but we did record it off of TV, so we had it on a VHS tape, and we would watch okay. that over and sure. over again. Uh, let's see. Rotten Tomatoes critics didn't even bother to do one for this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a 62%. IMDb gives it a 61%. Letterboxd gives it a 54%. And Cinema Score did not have a score for this one. Uh, starring uh, Fred Macho Man Savage, he was Brian Stevenson. And he was in The Wonder Years and The Princess Bride. Howie Mandel was Maurice. He was in Muppet Babies and Bobby's World. Daniel Stern was Glenn Stevenson. He was in Home Alone, City Slickers, and he was the narrator for The Wonder Years. Margaret Witten, who died in 2016, played Holly Stevenson. She was in Major League and The Secret of My Success. Richard, uh, Duke, is it Dukamoon? I always say that wrong. Is it Dukamoon um, or Dukamoon? Yeah. I'm going to go with Dukamoon. I, yeah, I don't know. It's all about which syllable gets the accent. Right, right. Tutankhamun. Exactly, uh, exactly right. There. Uh, he's Egyptian, is what he was. Just a, a very pale Egyptian. Uh, he died in 2015. He played Snick. He was in The Burbs and Groundhog Day. Frank Whaley played Boy. He was in Pulp Fiction and The Doors. Uh, ben Savage played Eric. He was in Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World. William Murray Weiss was Todd. He was in Tune In Tomorrow. Devin Rattray played Ronnie Coleman. He was in Home Alone and The Tick TV series. Amber Barreto played Kirsten. She was in a TV series called Hang Time. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a second. Ever wonder why kids get blamed for everything just because their parents can't explain it? Yeah, I didn't do anything. You did, mister. The reason's right under your bed. Hey, bud, the name's Maurice, and I'll catch you later. What goes on down there is every kid's fantasy. It's magic. No teachers, no rules, no homework. (laughs) And the best part is, you don't see any parents telling the kids what they can't eat. We're the reason kids get locked in their rooms. We're the reason brothers hate their sisters. (laughs) We're also the reason that parents send their kids back to camp. Little Monster. Fred Savage. Howie Mandel. They act up when the sun goes down. We'll just kind of, we'll run through the plot a little bit kind of comment as we go as we run through the plot but before we get into that um you started to mention uh before we had the trailer and everything else you started to mention that you did not see this in the theater when's the first time you remember seeing this movie you know i was young for sure but maybe 10 11 okay but it was definitely not right when it came out and it was definitely on tv okay for what that's worth yeah yeah, it, for me too. It would have been on TV somewhere and we recorded it on VHS and that's the copy that we had that we watched over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, that this is something that I believe what I read was it did not get put into theaters 
much at all. And part of that was because the, um, the production company that was making it went bankrupt, got sold, um, you know, all kinds of stuff that just, it, it kind of makes you surprised that this movie ever got released, um, to begin with. There's just a lot of stuff going on that would have probably prevented it from happening, but, uh, eventually to get released. And I just don't think, I think they just kind of dumped it in a few theaters and said, now nah, we'll try to make some money on video. <laughs> so, so that's kind of the story behind that. Um, but yes, same thing for me. I it was probably TV we recorded it off of TV and, and that's where we saw it. But I do remember. So kind of like my initial take on this movie is I remember loving this movie as a kid. It was one of those that was the, the combination of, I was just the right age that it was a combination of, Hey, this kind of, this thing is like goofy and it's, it's almost like a kid's version of Beetlejuice. Um, mm, never thought of it I, that way, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like a kid's Beetlejuice and it's weird, but it's also a little creepy. Like there's some stuff in there. There's some stuff in there that prevented me from showing it to at least my daughter. Um, yeah. I think, I think John would like it. There were a few moments where I was like, huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it being as rough. Cause yeah. I saw it younger than, right. you know, but we talk about it all the time, how times have changed and mm-hmm. man have they. Right. I mean, I don't sleep at night, but I wasn't traumatized by it. Right. So it is the first time I heard the phrase over the shoulder boulder holder though. <laughs> I, that might be true for me too. I remember it taking me a little longer than it should have to figure out what in the hell he was talking about. Mm-hmm. When you, when you were a kid or an adult? When I was a kid. Oh, okay, good, good. <laughs> Fair question. Fair I'm question. I'm just checking. I don't like to assume anything. Yeah, uh, it's some of the some of the one-liners, I'm not even, you know, family-friendly podcast, I'm not even sure we can run through. Right. <laughs> Man's best friend. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's, and I, th- I was kind of thinking about it, and that's why... Yeah. And I know you commented on it when, as soon as I said it, as I was watching it this time, I really thought, wow, this is like, this is like somebody said, Hey, um, they made this movie last year called Beetlejuice. Let's do that. But for kids, like that was crazy popular. Let's do that. But for kids, because there are times where if you watch Howie Mandel's performance in this movie, he's channeling Michael Keaton, Beetlejuice. Mm hmm just in some of the, the manic ways that he's doing stuff and just the way he talks. And, um, you know, I, I almost, then I almost equate like, uh, you know, after the, one of the first times that he kind of gets hit with the, with the, uh, the lights and he, um, starts to grow the horns, the horns pop out of his head mm-hmm. at the very beginning, kind of the very beginning of the movie. And he's like, great. Now I got horns. Now I got horns. Nobody's going to recognize me. And he's doing that whole thing reminds me of the time when Beetle just like spins his head around and he's like, don't you hate it when that happens? And like that whole thing. Uh, uh, and I'm like, there are little, there are little moments here or there where I'm like, I really think that some, either the director or the writers or somebody said, Hey, Howie, did you see Beetlejuice play it like that? It's kind of the vibe that I get watching sure. this as an adult. I, I never would have picked that up as a kid, but just watching it this time, I was like, ah, you know, I, I really like, am. As I'm you getting say that it, I'm like, Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I can see that. So, um, I'm going to actually, I'm just going to run kind of very quickly through the plot of the movie and we can kind of comment as we go along. Um, the one thing I will say about this is, um, 
my initial thoughts watching it again, I watched this again a couple of years ago when I discovered it was on one of the streaming services. And I was like, Ooh, I watched that one as a kid. Let's give that one a try. And I watched it again a couple of years ago. And I was like, Ooh, I liked that as a kid. And I liked that as a kid. But part of me too, is like, you know what? It really, is it as bad as some people, like a lot of modern reviewers and, um, you know, people who comment on it on the internet. I'm like, is it really as bad as what these people are making out? And my takeaway of this, before we really start to kind of dig into the movie, my takeaway is no, this movie is not as bad as people make it out to be. I, I would be curious if Pat's able to make it tonight. I would be curious to hear his take on it. I'm assuming that he's never seen it before until watching it as an adult. But my, my takeaway from this movie is it's not that bad. It's a kid's movie, and inherently there's stuff about kids' movies that adults are not going to like. Right. But kids are going to love it. You're not ready for this yet, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> so that's kind of my my initial takeaway before we really kind of dig any further into this. Um, let me get yours, too. Like, what's what's your, if you were to sum up your thoughts on this movie? I can't disagree. Yeah, I can't disagree with that in general. Like... Okay. I definitely was not as excited by it as an adult. Okay. That's fair. I, I felt but the I same. Remember, but I remember digging it as a child. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if the humor is just so, like, it doesn't rise to the level of, say, I mean, I'm and I'm trying to go for other sophomoric humor, but it doesn't rise to the level of American Pie or Wedding Crashers. Mm-hmm. where it's sophomoric humor that's really funny. Right. It just tells that line of, you know, I, I, I think I think I might have hit on a way to describe it. So I was just calling something sophomoric humor. Mm-hmm. You know, this is freshman humor. Okay. It's not quite funny enough mm-hmm. to be what it was. But as a kid, you were entranced. You thought it was hysterical. Right. And the thought, let's be honest, the thought of the monster under the bed being a portal to another world was kind of fun for a minute, you know? Right. But I can totally get the, your kids are going to love it mentality. Like, totally. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. And not just because we got to make a Back to the Future reference, which, well, you know. Anytime you get to do that. Always down for that. Right. Don't get me wrong. Well, and you know what? And, and, and for what this is as a prequel to monsters, Inc., I think it's great. <laughs> Cause basically that's what this movie is too. That's funny. Have you ever seen, there is, I don't know if you saw it. If I you kind were of, looking. So I, this is where I have to admit to being a, um, a little too old. I never saw monsters, Inc. <gasps> what? Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the 30 something movie podcast. Um, <laughs> This is, we'd like to thank Bo. This is his final episode with us. Um, <laughs> Bo, let's, let's go look back some of our favorite Bo moments. You know, my favorite scene in Rocky four is the wax on wax off scene. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. So you've wait never till, seen monsters Inc. Wait till I tell Donna I was fired from the podcast because I haven't seen monsters Inc. Well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Donna. That's the right response. <laughs> John approves of your response. <laughs> Yeah, it just never. So why? Why are you a heartless, soulless monster? <laughs> it just never happened. Like we, okay, you know, uh, my nieces 
probably saw it, but they were a little too young. It came out in that interim period where I wasn't seeing a lot of kids' movies, really. No. All right, I, I, I'll give that to you. Yeah, it's. I'll, I'll let you have that. Thanks. <laughs> I have the I have the black hole years of 2007 and 2010 where I didn't see anything those years. So. Right, I, it happens. You know, <laughs> it happens. Just don't tell Jeff. He might actually take offense. <laughs> no, he yeah, he might come after you. Um. <laughs> So there's a and video, you know, in, in, in my defense, it's been on my list to see. It's just never happened. Yeah. 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 There's a video and, and I will, I, I will just, I will jump ahead of that and say, I got that vibe the last time I watched it. So I had not seen this YouTube video yet, but I was curious if anybody else had thought of that because I was sure that I'm not the first person to think that this is a lot like monsters Inc. There is a video that I found uh, a couple weeks ago and it is called 24 reasons uh, monsters Inc and little monsters are the same movie. Oh, that's too funny. And it will go through sometimes scene by scene and say, well, here's this character in little monsters. And then whatever it was, 10 years later, here's this character in monsters Inc in little monsters. You have this type of situation in little monster in monsters Inc. You have this type of situation here. They pass through closets here. They pass through, under the bed here they do. And it's just, yeah. So it's, it's really funny when it's laid out that way. You're like, Oh yeah. All right. Huh. I may have to check that out. That's, that's a, that's a whole nother thing for me. Yeah. But now, I don't, okay. Well, so should I see the YouTube video before I watch monsters Inc to get my brain going or should I watch you know, the movie first? Watch, watch monsters Inc first. Okay. Because it will, if you watch a YouTube video, it'll spoil some stuff for monsters Inc. Ah, yeah. We don't want that. Yeah. No, no. Watch monsters Inc first. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah, no, and I'm watching this video. I'm like, that's, that was presented in the perfect way because I, and I have a feeling that if, if there had been any, if this movie had done better, then maybe somebody would have put up some kind of a stink and said, yo, Disney, that was our idea. And you just stole it and renamed it. But I don't think this one did well enough for anybody to go, Hey, you, you stole our really bad idea that got made into a not so successful movie. Interesting. I guess though Disney for Monsters Inc. I was reading up some other stuff too. I guess they also got uh, sued by an artist who some of his designs are very similar to some of the monsters designs from Monsters Inc. Mm. So I guess that guy had a little bit more of a little bit more of a uh, position to be able to sue them or or argue with them on stealing his ideas. But yeah, but no, it's it's remarkably. If you watch Monsters Inc., you'll you'll look at that and you'll be like, huh. This is a lot like Little Monsters. All right. Well, I, yeah. you have, and I now have homework. There you go. Monsters Inc. Much better movie. I mean, I, I still like Little Monsters, but Monsters Inc. is a much better movie than this one. Nice. And John Goodman's in Monsters Inc. So. Oh well, there you go. That's enough reason to see it right there. Yeah. Right. You got Billy Crystal and John Goodman there. You're good to go. Pretty much. All right. So, in this movie, let's we'll we'll run through. We'll run through this real quick. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. But uh, in this movie, we start off, we get introduced to Fred Savage. Uh, His name is Brian in this movie. His family have moved to a new town, and uh, he is kind of lamenting in his opening uh, narration or monologue. He is kind of lamenting that he's moved to a new town. He's got to make new friends, and, you know, it's it's obviously very difficult. Um, As we get on into the movie, we see that uh, he has a tendency to, like, to stay up late at night, watch TV. I don't know anybody who would do anything like that. Never. Uh, you know, 
anybody that would like sneak into the living room, which is far away from everybody else's bedroom, turn on the TV and watch either like late night horror movies or I don't know, infomercials or, or whatever was on at the time. Uh, I will say the, and, and, and maybe that's why I connected a lot with this movie because growing up, I did, did that. Like I would sneak in and watch TV late at night. We also moved a lot. So the fact that it's mm. a kid who's moved to a new place has to make new friends. I probably connected with that as a kid quite a bit. So that may be why I enjoy this movie more than somebody else might. You identified with a young Fred Savage. Correct. Correct. So, um, you know, if, if Pat hears this, he's going to feel, feel bad now. He's like, oh, man, I was going to say all kinds of bad stuff. And now John says this is like the story of his life. So I'm not going to say any of it because then I'm like, you know, <laughs> killing John's childhood. And I, um, Pat, you, you can say whatever you want. Um, you assassin of joy. That's right. Joy killer. <laughs> um, so the only thing that I, I immediately stop uh, identifying with is the uh, PB and onion sandwich. Yeah. That what? was super gross. You're the only one that eats PB and Utton. <laughs> now, I don't know if you were to set in front of me a peanut butter and onion sandwich and the contents of Ronnie Coleman's lunch later in the movie. Mm. I might have to sit and think about that for a little bit. That is fair. That, mm-hmm. is, that is fair. Mm-hmm. I might rather eat a cat food sandwich. I'm not drinking his apple juice, but no. I might rather eat a cat food sandwich than PB and onion. I don't so. know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The on- I just don't see how the onion and the peanut butter go with each other. No. I just don't. If you want, if you want a crunch, then you get crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, or put some celery in it, kid. I mean, come right. on. I just the, the onion flavor and the peanut butter flavor just don't seem like they would go together well. And I'm not a huge fan of of raw onions anyway. Right. So, ugh. but yeah, it just doesn't. What I'd really hate to do is at some point in this podcast, if we had decided, hey, you know what? When we reach a movie where there is an item of food that's prominently featured, let's make it and eat it. And then we can comment on it on the podcast. Oh, yeah, no. Part of that could be fun. Like, I wouldn't mind the armadillo cake from uh, sure. Magnolias. But I'm not eating a PB and onion sandwich. No, no. I mean, part of me in the back of my mind is like, yeah, but you would try it just to say you did. That's fair. Fair enough. I did try the zombie Skittles. My sister did buy the kids zombie Skittles the other day. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the zombie Skittles? No. Oh, have you heard about this? Have you seen this? So the zombie Skittles are normal looking Skittles. However, some of them are normal flavors. Some of them are kind of like the, uh, the nasty flavors that you get, like with the jelly beans, with the jelly belly. Yeah. The, uh, the Harry Potter ones where they're yeah. like ass and puke and, you know, wet dog and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what this is, but they are mixed in with regular Skittles and you don't know until you bite into it, what flavor you've got. Oh, see, I yeah. don't, I don't mess with my candy. Yeah. But- so that was, that was kind of a fun game we did play the other night where we just, we each took a handful and like one by one, we tried to go through and I was at my first four that I had totally fine. And then the fifth one I had, I, I don't know. I could not identify the flavor. But it was something like licorice and sweaty hamburger. Oh. Yeah. That sounds absolutely horrible. Yes. Yeah. And it was the black black licorice. It wasn't even like good licorice. So I don't know what flavor it was supposed to be. I don't know that I'm eating any more of those. But yeah. No, thank you. 
All right. But if Zombie Skittles wants to be a uh, sponsor for the show, then we will absolutely. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever we have to do. Don't get can, us wrong. If, I mean, we can know. be bought. There's no. Right. right. You know, Skippy and Onions. If you want to do, you want to you sponsor us, then. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not proud or anything. I didn't say right. that. No, if no. I gave that opinion, I, if, if I gave that impression, I feel. No, we will. We will shill just about anything if it would yeah. uh, get us a little bit of a extra podcast revenue there. So sure. choosy podcasters choose Jif and onions. Ooh, well done. There we go. See, I can I can work this. We can. All we'll while all while napping on a Casper mattress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, hey. Now my Casper mattress that I ordered is outstanding. It's just the quality of it, and it came in one pack package and it was easy to anyway um and the glow lights have you tried the glow lights i have not you gotta I have try not. the glow lights um yeah the the uh warby parker have you tried those i have not but a you friend of not. mine has she swears by them every day really well this is a family-friendly podcast so we're gonna try not to swear by them but oh uh, oh anyway back to the movie uh, we we have enough corporate sponsorship now that we're uh we're all independently go. wealthy, and, and we can just we quit our day jobs and do this all the time. So uh, we do get something that's a reoccurring thing in this movie. Uh, Mom and Dad are arguing a lot. So yeah, uh, things are not uh, things are not all happy. In, in no, Utah. there's 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 trouble in River City, mm-hmm. and um, you know you kind of get that that this is building throughout the movie, and you kind of you, you kind of put that together with all of a sudden the younger brother is screaming that there's a monster in his room. So we've kind of got this thing of the younger brother is scared of the monster. The parents are arguing, um, you know, Fred Savage's character, Brian, he's, he's having trouble making friends. He's come to a new place. He just doesn't like this whole idea. And, uh, this is kind of the theme of the movie that's going to be running from here is it's kind of, you got the B plot of the parents trying to do what they can. It seems like they bought this house because they were going to fix it up together. But then the dad, and, and I will say this with, you know, full confidence that I'm not going to offend anybody here. The dad's kind of a scumbag. Yeah, he kind of is. This is where I think Pat, if Pat was here, this is where I think Pat would have had a lot of problems is the way that the dad talks to everybody. Like the dad is, you know, to help their marriage, they bought this house that they were going to work on together. And yet he's sitting there eating chips and trying to get the game on TV. Right. Like, dude, put the chips down, put the game on the radio help fix the house up. It's really not that difficult. Yeah, it definitely has that. Uh, we didn't actually talk about this before we did it feel, you know? Right. Right. Like, yeah. And I, and I get that vibe as I was watching it, I was kind of, I was thinking um, parts of the movie. I was like, wow, Pat's not going to like that. Yeah. Pat's really not going to like that. Cause you know, Pat doesn't like it when kids are mistreated in a movie. Right. And there's a lot of that and in this. Nor movie. should he, nor should he. you know, you know, um, and it, it, there were just, especially when you get like the little montages of after they've gone out on their first night, when he meets Maurice and they kind of go out on their first night of causing trouble in other people's houses, mm-hmm. you kind of get that montage of the parents yelling at the kids. And that part in particular, I was like, ah, Pat's not going to like that. Now, now I get it. I get why they did that in the movie, because this is a kid's movie. And if they're really catering to kids, right, they're trying to get the kids on their side by saying, yeah, kids, you know what? us who are making this movie, we get it. Parents are really, really bad. My parents, parents don't understand. Parents don't get it. Right. They're just going to yell at you. The teachers are just going to yell at you. They're all uh, going to laugh at you. Yeah. Oh God. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, that's, you get the sense as this movie goes on, you know, he's, he kind of gets into a fight with the bully at school. The principal pulls him off and, and immediately just because he's the new kid, uh, he's the one that gets the punishment. Like, really? Are you that bad of a principal that you didn't realize that Ronnie Coleman is probably, I mean, just look at him. <laughs> just look yeah, at Ronnie. There is, there is a little of that. You're like, okay. I mean, right. I, I get that we're playing the stereotype <laughs> here, but come mm-hmm. on. Do you need eighties school bully tattooed on his forehead for you to figure out that he's the bully? <laughs> I mean, it is a bit of a sloping forehead, so that may explain, you know, this is why he looks the part, but yeah. But you know, it's a kid's movie. So. It is a kid's movie. So, so the principal has to be unfair. It's like, you're new here. So it looks like you've got some rules to learn. Okay. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we get kind of that stuff and, and we get the, uh, we get uh, Basil exposition played by Kirsten who explains that she's got a science project and, uh, she's studying, um, whether or not using these lights and everything else, studying whether or not these, uh, cacti can grow in the dark and all that. And, and then he, this is the part that I remember as a kid where he took all the Polaroid pictures and turned them into a flip book. Mm-hmm. I remember that as a kid. And I remember watching him do that. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I, I feel like we, we might've had a Polaroid camera somewhere in the house. And I remember seeing that in the movie and thinking, wait a minute, you mean I can take Polaroid pictures and I can turn them into a flip book. That's flipping awesome. But I'm bummed. Mm-hmm. So I was like that scene. I love that scene in the movie. Um, and I like, I want to go out and do that right away. I don't know if I ever did, but just for some reason that stuck with me as a kid. I, that's really cool. Um, then we get to the point where he switches rooms with his little brother because his brother's complaining about monsters, uh, switches rooms. And he kind of realizes that he sees that there is some evidence of a monster. Uh, so he takes apart his bike, which got run over by his dad anyway, and uh, takes apart his bike and starts to set this trap because of the monsters. Re- because of the monsters um, and sets a trap using Doritos. So we've moved from Reese's pieces to Doritos, which by the way, if I, I just, I think that the fulfillment of the fulfillment of my life <laughs> would be to be either a movie monster or a movie alien. Just well, so I can definitely has to be alien. Just so I can have people leave me Reese's pieces and Doritos in a small trail on the floor for me to follow. Sure. I want to be an eighties movie monster or alien because I'm going to get all the things I love. I can understand that sentiment. Yeah. Uh, I did see when I went to um, C2E2, the big comic book show in Chicago. And it was, I don't think it was this year, but it was last year. Somebody had dressed up as Maurice. Oh, wow. They had done a full on costume. It was this lady. She had dressed up as, I took a picture of her. Um, She was dressed up in the full on Maurice costume, the makeup. I mean, it was awesome. And she had an old, um, I don't know if she made it herself or had found it somewhere. She had an old bag of Doritos that looked exactly like the Doritos bag from this movie. Like the the late, the late eighties Dorito bag. I mean, she, everything was spot on. Um, I'll put up when we put up this episode, I'll, I'll post that picture up on Twitter, but yeah, it was, it was great. It was a great costume. That's dedication there. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think she was a little bit surprised because, um, you know, you see the people in costume and sometimes you got to kind of yell out to them if, if they'll allow you to take a picture. And I remember yelling at her. I was like, Hey, Maurice. And she turned around and she's like, Oh, you know, the costume. And I said, yes, I know the costume. And so I took her picture and yeah, that's fun. That's good to know that there's still a representing the old school mm-hmm. at those things. Oh yeah. One of these years, I'm actually going to go 
I talk about it, but I never mm-hmm. actually do it. Yeah. It's fun. It's really fun. Especially if, if you can swing it. Now I tend to take the day off and go on Friday. Like I go the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to take the day off work and I go on Friday or a couple of years I've gone for work because they also have education panels that you can go to. So as part of the like presentations, cause there's a conference that kind of goes along as well on the Friday day. Um, and they've got education and publishers and all kinds of other stuff. So there's been a couple times where I've gone in my capacity as a teacher. Um, I still go in costume even though I'm there as a teacher, but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, you let us know if you ever want to go. Sharon's mom is always up for anybody else that'll wear a Star Trek costume with her. Uh, hey, you don't have to ask me twice. So, I, there we go. So, uh, um, so yeah, so he kind of catches Maurice and then, uh, he almost kind of melts in the sunlight. So we get the sense that this is what's going to happen to these monsters is they don't do so well in the sunlight. They, uh, they full on Dracula it and they melt into their clothes. And then, uh, Maurice comes back the next night and he kind of pulls Brian into the monster world and you just see kind of the causing of mischief and everything else that goes on in the monsters world. And then they start to hop around to other people's houses and that's where, and I thought this part in the movie was cool too. And obviously this was before monsters Inc came out and in monsters Inc, which you haven't seen yet. Um, you get the idea that these monsters are able to pass from their world into other people's rooms around the world, uh, using closets and using closet doors. So this, I just thought was a cool idea. I was like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. So they, you know, in the this closet world, is a portal, right? Very right. lion, witch and wardrobe. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Or poltergeisty. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know what? Oh, I get it now. See, that was completely misunderstood. Poltergeist was not a horror movie. It was a prequel to monsters, Inc. There you go. <laughs> they just were trying to come through to get their to get their energy because of the energy crisis in the monster world. That's all they were doing. Oh man, that puts a completely different spin on Poltergeist. Forget the whole Indian burial burial ground thing. It's not. Okay. Right. I'm going to go rewatch. Gosh, either, burial ground. We're going to rewatch Poltergeist now. All right. I'm in. Uh, so they end up in Ronnie Coleman's house, and of course they think it's hilarious. Um, so they. Uh, you know, he, he goes into his room and he sees that Ronnie Coleman is like holding his little teddy bear as he's sleeping and, uh, they go into the kitchen, they get into the refrigerator and obviously they, um, perform their deeds that they perform on his lunch, mm. uh, in which Maurice drinks down his apple juice and then refills it. We'll leave it at that. And, uh, then they replace the tuna fish in his sandwich with cat food and they put everything back and then they go from there and then they see him the next day and uh he they're watching him as or or brian is watching him as he is eating his lunch and he ends up throwing up the um tuna fish sandwich and the uh, urine juice all over the principal which is outstanding not for the principal but no but hysterical Mm -hmm. nonetheless so, so that part's great. And, and, you know, that's kind of like you get the revenge on the bully. And that's kind of a classic 80s movie thing, especially a kid's movie thing, uh, is to get that revenge on the bully. So then what we kind of learn after this part is that as he's going back to the monster world a few times, we learn that it's getting easier for him to go to the monster world. So that's a little foreshadowing of what might be happening. We also get the idea that he needs to return by dawn. If he doesn't return by dawn, he will permanently be a monster. He'll become a monster. He will be part of the monster world. Um, and he will never be able to permanently go back to the human world. So we get that little, uh, tidbit of information there. Then as we're going forward in this, uh, they end up at Kirsten's house in one of their little trips uh, to cause trouble. And, uh, they end up eating her homework or Maurice's hand. 
I was going to say Maurice's dog hand, Mm -hmm. which that was a little creepy as a kid. Yeah. And this time I just thought it was weird. Mm -hmm. Like the way he pet it. And it was, I don't know. It was kind of. Yeah. Well, especially the wrong word, but just weird. Well, especially for me, like I was scared of dogs as a kid. So that scene in particular was like, no, no, thank you. It's yeah. The younger brother kind of finds out that Brian is gone. At one point we get introduced to Snick. Finally, the the character of Snick that he's kind of a, uh, what a, a lackey for boy. We don't know who boy is yet. We just know that he lives at the top of a very tall staircase with the wizard of Oz. He's obviously and, very um, important. Very important. Anybody with a very important job has a very large staircase. We get introduced to monster ball. So they're playing kind of a form of baseball. Yeah. So we kind of get the idea that the monsters want Brian to stay there. They want him to become one of them. You kind of get hints that boy would like Brian to stay there because he'd like to have a companion to play with. And so then what they find out is they ultimately kidnap the younger brother. They kidnap Eric and take him into the monster world so that Brian will come back. And the idea is that they're going to try to trade Eric for Brian. Brian brings his friends with him and we get kind of to the final monster showdown at the end here. And they do that. They end up with these light suits that they've somehow magically created very, very quickly. Um, And they hit boy with these light suits. When he comes out, he's kind of attacking them with a bunch of toys and toy tanks and things like that. And they hit him with the light suit and his face gets torn off. And this is one of the parts as a kid that I remember being completely freaked out by this up to this point. This is a kid's movie with some eh, kind of creepy monsters in it. But when the person's face gets torn off, yeah, that's when we're hitting a whole new level. And that's probably the part that terrified me as a kid. And that part in particular is why I didn't show it to Nora, to my daughter. Yeah, I can understand that. It it was, yeah, it was so, yeah. a lot. Even, yeah, as a kid, I remember not liking it. Um, as an adult, I... Well, I guess they hit kid with enough light, and um, then they end up hitting a snick with a flamethrower, all this other stuff. Boy, and, not kid, right? I'm sorry, what did I say? Oh, said I said kid. kid, right? Boy, right. Um, I was th- like, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't miss a character again, did I? No, I was thinking of House Party, uh, Kid and Play. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I was just a year ahead of time. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they hit kid and play with a flamethrower and uh, the house party's over. Baseball so flamethrower, maybe baseball flamethrower. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you do in Major League Baseball, uh, I think that's one of those National League American League differences. Yes. Is the flamethrower, the baseball flamethrower. And uh, then they kind of realize that they need to get out like it's time to go. So let's get out of Dodge and they start uh, running towards the uh, bed portal and it kind of seals itself over as they get there and they realize, oops, sun's come up. We're stuck. So you get a couple seconds of, oh man, it's stuck here forever. Sorry. I guess you're monsters now. And then we get the realization that, well, wait a minute, it's only sun up here. Like if we start running West, then we can beat the sun before it gets to wherever. So you get this whole kind of, follow-up scene where they're running and they try, you know, I forget all the different places they try. I don't know if they try Chicago, they try, you know, Ohio, they try. Yeah. They try three or four places. I forget which essentially one in each time zone from what I recall. Right. They try Phoenix. They try like all these other places. And then ultimately they try California. And I remember that being kind of the funny thing about this movie is they make it out in California. They finally make it out and then they have to call their parents and explain, Hey mom, I found Eric. Where are you guys at? Malibu. Wait, Malibu, I think they live in Pennsylvania. Is it Pennsylvania or Massachusetts? Well, I forget. Um, but they say something like Malibu, Malibu, Pennsylvania? No, Malibu, California. The heck are you doing in California? 
and I remember as a kid thinking that was hilarious. Like that's that's funny that you could like run from where you are in the monster world and get to California, and it was just a matter of minutes for you to get right. there. So I remember just loving that part. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of the movie in a nutshell. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think when we originally texted each other about this one, we said, or at least I said, or you might have said too, you know, love this one as a kid, and it just kind of it it doesn't shine quite the same way it did. I don't think it's a horrible movie. Like, right. I I probably will watch this one again sometime. Maybe watch it with my kids when they're a little bit older. Um, I think John would enjoy it, but you know, it, it's definitely not. You, you kind of got to be a kid, or you have to have seen this as a kid, I think, to really enjoy it. Yeah. But some of the stuff that I didn't know about was the fact that the the studio was kind of going under at one point. I watched an interview in the the late 90s, might have been the late 90s, with um, Fred Savage and Howie Mandel when Howie Mandel had his talk show. Mm-hmm. And there was an interview where they're talking about it. And they said, you know, Howie Mandel said, do you remember the first thing we worked on together? And they said, yeah, it was Little Monsters. And uh, he said, yeah, do you remember that? And he said, yeah, what I remember is we were filming a bunch of scenes in a warehouse and I think that the warehouse, I think they were using the warehouse cause it was cheap because it had been condemned and it was unsafe. Oh, and, nice. And, and I think Fred Savage said, yeah, I remember like the director and the, the camera crew and everybody else, they were wearing like surgical masks. And I remember we kept asking them like, well, should we have masks too? And they're like, no, 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 you're fine. Just shoot the scene. Nice. Like, uh, okay. Little lawsuit, uh, mesothelioma situation. Right. Right. You kind of get the sense in reading about this story that that just everything fell apart. Like not that this movie necessarily would have been some great movie had it come out, um, you know, with a a functioning studio behind it and a a production company and all that. But it just I think that's why you didn't see this in theaters. I think that's why it just kind of almost went straight to VHS. And I just think that's why it didn't do as well as it probably could have. Because if it has, if this had been released in movie theaters more widely than it was, I get the feeling it, it would have at least done a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly had some appeal. Fred Savage wasn't exactly, uh, you know, this was around Wonder Years time. So, right, so he wasn't an unknown. He was kind right. of a hot commodity. He'd been in. It was the same year The Wizard came out. Right. So well, if you, like- you had The Wizard, you had The Princess Bride a couple of years before you have wonder years it it would have come out the weekend before school started mm-hmm. so it was like your last weekend to go see a movie before school starts so it seems like there would have been a lot of things here that would have made it a successful movie but it was one of those that just kind of i don't know it, it fizzled out when it got into the theaters some of it reminds me a little bit of do you remember when we watched several years ago we did the explorers for the podcast yes we talked about how that one kind of like fell apart at the end yep because it switched like a production company went bankrupt and, and they had to switch this and finish this at the last minute and they changed up the ending and they changed up the soundtrack and they did all this. I think this movie is kind of the same way. Yeah. That's actually like a it, really it, good context for it. It seems like bits and pieces are rushed, but you know, it's like you know. the end of Holy grail. <laughs> right. Right. Uh. And the opening credits. <laughs> we apologize for the inconvenience. The, uh, people who did the first credits have been sacked. The credits have now been finished at uh, the last minute and great, great uh, personal expense. Great personal expense, exactly. Or whatever, or whatever, what was it? At, at extreme expense or whatever the words are, but yeah. Yeah. No, it's... So, yeah. yeah. If if I go back and I think of this movie as like, this is a kid's Beetlejuice, then it's a fine movie. 
Like it's a kids movie. It was it was trying to be they were trying to take something that was already successful for adults and they tried to adapt it for kids. And if I look at that movie, if I look at this movie that way, then I'm like, hey, it's fine. Like this is not a bad movie. It's not a horrible movie. It just it's a kids movie and just let it be a kids movie. So you're a parent. I'm not. So I'm going to ask you. So we used to talk early on. We started this podcast. We did a lot of does this movie hold up conversations. Yeah. Now we're talking about this movie as a kid's movie, not an adult movie, which is why we as adults had a little trouble with it this time around. The question is, does it hold up for kids of today? And well, it's a little and the language and innuendo is a little tough for, for kids of certain ages. So it, I, I just don't know. I don't know if the target audience is still right. Mm-hmm. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense, you know, I think I think that this movie holds up as a kids' movie for ten to twelve year old. Okay. Like I don't think this is it. Now I saw this younger than I probably saw this younger than ten, um, but I don't know that this movie holds up for younger kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I think just some of the stuff that is in this movie, you know, that where it kind of toes that line a little bit of. Well, we've got some adult humor and we've got some adult language. And if you're a 12 year old, that's the part that's the most funny. Like, right. that's, oh, that joke. I don't fully get that joke, but I kind of know what they're implying. Right, and you're looking back at your parents going, oh, they're letting yeah. you watch. Yeah, it, Mom and dad, are, do they look awkwardly at each other? Because I think I know what that means, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> dad, what are boulders? Right. <laughs> on, on that note, how do you feel about uh, Little Monsters? Little monsters. I, <laughs> I, I just I want to see because I, I made some assumptions earlier about what you might say about this movie, right? So um, I'm I'm just curious to see if any of my if if any of my assumptions were correct. So proceed, sir. Okay, so little monsters. It just it it fell flat for me. It just kind of felt like it was almost like um what was that movie The Explorers. Was that that was that the one where they built the spaceship and the one yep. kid figured out how to? It felt like to me, it felt like the Explorers. The only thing was, I love sci-fi, so I'm like, yeah, Explorers is great. The whole horror thing, I'm, which this wasn't horror. I mean, that's that's to even call it that is is laughable. So this, you know, monsters, not quite my thing. That's where I think this one just fell a little bit flat for me. And in watching it, I was kind of like. Okay, I get it. I mean, that's cool. They're they're showing a different world. I mean, I was kind of reminded reminded almost of like Monsters Incorporated, mm-hmm. um, which you know I can't say that Monsters Incorporated influenced this because obviously this came first. So I was recorded reminded of Monsters Inc. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is good. Um, you know, uh, f- uh, was it Fred Savage? Um, mm-hmm. You know, he did a good job. I liked his character and how his character kind of, you know. Figured out, and I uh, got through the story, and I like that he stood up for his brother. Like when the bully goes on the bus, I'm like that he, I like that he stood up for his brother. I thought for a second he was gonna like sell his brother out, just kind of let him take the heat for throwing the lunch out the window. But I'm just like, okay, that's cool. The kid's cool, and I mean that that was fun. Uh, uh, the whole ending where they had to race across to where it was still nighttime or whatever, and they're like, Mom, Dad, we're in Maui or Malibu or Hawaii mm-hmm. or whatever. I thought that was a fun gag. So you know, I'm going through all the stuff that I liked. Um, I guess what it just fell flat, and and honestly, the the Maurice character kind of fell a little bit flat for me. And I I know I didn't 
I didn't recognize him right away. It was at Howie Mandel that played Maurice. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't, man, maybe I got to see more things with him. I didn't even pick up on that at first. I, I just felt that the, the character of Maurice fell. Um, it, it just fell a little bit flat. It almost seemed like, it almost seemed like a, a group of junior high kids kind of doing like a fan appreciation flick of uh, Beetlejuice. It, you know, I, I mean, and I, that sounds really harsh and I don't mean it to be, and I can't act my way out of a paper bag, but it was like, I, I kept like seeing like, okay, well, Maurice is sort of like the Beetlejuice in here, but I'm just not laughing like I do to Beetlejuice. So I'll be honest with you. That's kind of the first thing that I, that I bumped at. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to say that it was an acting thing. I don't want to say that it was a, I don't, I don't want to make, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not be angry. I'm trying not to take out my awesome, spectacular, peachy keen day on, on this movie. Um, but it was oh, like, I, you you can, if you want to. No, I, I don't. I don't. You've I already, want to bring, we'll, we'll put it this way. You've already reaffirmed everything we've talked talked about for the last are hour you, are you serious yeah. that is literally hilarious. every point literally every point oh, from explorers gosh. to beetlejuice we all i think we all agree the the weirdness in this movie plays out yeah okay good well th- I, that actually is kind of cool i'm just saying that we all kind of uh, uh 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 have the same opinion with things well then i'm just kind of rambling and i'm kind of no, I, no, I, 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 I think you 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 summed Coming in when you did, I think you've summarized the conversation quite well. Okay. I was about to tell John, well, shoot, John, just throw out the last 45 minutes. Just take his little bit and we're out. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. Wait, that wait. Perfect. Did, did you hit record this time, John? Oh, yeah. Hit record. Yeah. Okay, good. So, I, I don't, you know what? I don't know. I, um, yeah, it was. So, anyways, yeah, I think I just summarized it. It was just that's, that fell flat. It just it was kind of like I'm not laughing at Maurice. It seems like it's forced. It seems like junior high kids kind of working and, and trying to make this funny. The other thing I really bumped on is the parents just seem like jerks. I mean, I know they were trying to show, OK, well, the parents are out of touch and the parents don't get it. And yeah, the parents just seemed like like jerks. And then there was the one it was like the montage where, uh, you know, when when Fred Savage first went into the uh, the upside down or wherever, you know, that place was. Um uh, the upside down, but not as cool. Um, and then they show that montage of all the kids like going, I don't know how that happened. And then the parents just <laughs> yelling at them. I was just like, I was listening to the parents' voices and I'm like, dude, that's just, wow. That I, mm. not cool, bro. Yeah. That, that was really, that See, was, I'm, that, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so glad that not more than 20 minutes ago I said, Bo. You know what part I think Pat's going to have a really big problem with? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, oh you, you have. We are we are simpatico <laughs> on this. You have pretty much summed up everything we've talked about. Okay, so I, I have met expectations on so this we're, podcast. We're all on the same page. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's like, and as I was watching it, it's like, look, I can light a kid up. I mean, I can light a kid up better than most. I mean, my own kids. The kids that I'm, I mean, and I, I mean, there's times that it's like, okay, I know they deserve it. There's times that like, I hope they deserve it. There's times that I'm like, dude, I came out way too much on that, you know, like, like any human being can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so th- those, those were my things. And I, I, I just, I was kind of left, you know, it's sort of like, uh, sort of, you know what, here it is. It's sort of like in the naked gun. Uh, when, when Frank Drebin says, it's like drinking Drano. Sure. It fills you up, but it leaves you feeling hollow inside. That's kind of how I felt watching the movie. There you it go. filled me up, but I just it felt hollow. It felt inside. a little hollow inside. Yeah. Right. So. Hey, that works. But other than that, I thought it was great. You know. Okay. Wonderful. Other other than all that stuff. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I think we uh, I think we got just a little bit of time left for five questions. So let's do and I think our five questions may be kind of quick tonight. So let's jump on into five questions. I want to play a game. Each traveler five questions. What's your favorite scary movie? Well, were they psychos? They look like psychos. Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a how crazy they are. Please, mister, this is insane. Boy, the next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant, because it's definitely getting chiseled on your tombstone. Number one, did you ever think that there was a monster in your room as a kid? And my son was looking over my shoulder. My son was looking over my shoulder as I was kind of writing these up or reading them this afternoon. And he looked at question number one. He goes, oh, man all the time. Like I thought there was like a murderer in my closet and he was going to like kill me when I fall asleep. And I was like, no, but he just, no, no, no. He's not going to kill you when you fall asleep. He waits about an hour or two. Wait, what? What? I said, no, no, no. It's okay. What's all right. What you it's, talk yeah. about that? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you care to say that again? Yeah. <laughs> General, would you care to step outside? Um, so Pat, you said in your closet, you thought there was a monster. Um, Bo, Bo said that. Oh, Bo said that. Okay, there was. I'm convinced. I'm telling you. Okay. It was a spooky old. We we lived in a spooky old house uh, for the first eight years of my life, and man, there were closets. It was drafty, Mm -hmm. dude. Stuff would make noises, things that just no, 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 no. That's awesome. the joy of that's the joy of living in an old house, especially when the temperature changes. Uh-huh. Because then you get that like the beams in the house will start to like pop and creak and yeah, no, yeah. no, that no. <laughs> or you have, or if you live in an old house, whereas the temperature changes, things pop and creak and make noises, and you also have two really really big trees in your front yard that go over the roof of your house so that in the midst of all those pops and creaks and everything else, you can also have acorns falling on your roof that sound like footsteps. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. That's not childhood. That's the one I live in right now. I was going to say, that sounds like your house now. I got to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, me as an adult sometimes has an overactive imagination. So (laughs) yeah, dude, as you're saying that I just caught movement out of the peripheral periphery of my vision in a darkened part of the room yeah. and it was like something was moving and floating up and i like literally am off the couch in like <laughs> fight or flight right now mm-hmm. and it was like like a couple of balloons that got caught out in front of the heat vent and all of a sudden <laughs> we're talking like the, oh man wow that'll uh that'll so, wake you up in the morning and put hair on your chest right there mm-hmm. boys balloons at night i yep. happen to be on the alarm call list for work and at midnight for a week solid a year ago i would get a call and i would Check the security cameras, check all the doors, nothing, nothing, nothing. Took me a week to discover that someone had gotten balloons for their birthday. <laughs> and when the HVAC would kick on at midnight, it would blow the balloons around just mm. enough. Yeah. Trigger, trigger all those. Yeah. Trigger the I motion was, sensor. I was uh, meeting with our my, my very good friend and, you know, colleague and coach and all that, uh, uh, our art teacher at school and uh, we, we were just meeting about some cross country stuff. And all of a sudden there was one of the storage doors started like slamming, like literally like <laughs> someone was on the door, like slamming. And I looked back and she just, and I'm like, is someone co-? like maybe the custodian was coming in and it has happened about three or four times. She goes, Oh, that's just the art room ghost. And I was like, 
art room ghost. And all of a sudden the door starts going and then you start hearing knock, 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 knock and gurgle, 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 gurgle. Slam, 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 slam. And it was just like, I was like, oh my gosh. She goes, yeah, that just happens. And I'm just like, dang that. She goes, yep. I just tell the kids it's the art room ghost. And I'm like, I don't know what's in there or what's happening or what, but man, I was, that just happened the other day. I'm like, geez, Louise, that was uh, another exciting thing, man. And this reminds is, no, no, it doesn't just happen. No, something no. has to cause that. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> that doesn't just happen. That reminds me of uh, a little while back. I was I was rewatching um, uh, Raw and Delirious with Eddie Murphy. Very nice. And and he's got the whole thing where he's like, you know, I just don't understand you white people and your ghosts. <laughs> you know, you, you white people like you get a ghost in the house, and then you're just like, oh. Well, isn't that interesting? Let's stick around. And he's like, no, if I walked into a house and I was like, wow, this house is really pretty. And, you know, it's a staircase and it's beautiful. And Get out. I'm sorry. We can't live here, baby. We got to go. We got to get out of here right now. That's if if something weird and unexplainable happens, then you better believe I'm going to be booking it to California and I'm going to pass Dennis on the way there because I'm getting out. Mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere near any of that. Yeah. Yep. No, I was kidding. I had a very overactive imagination as a child, and I did not sleep well as a child. I would have pretty constant nightmares. So if there was anywhere that there was a dark corner in my room or under my bed or in my closet or whatever, I was completely convinced that there was something there. So I like there was I was pretty consistently terrified at night because I was always convinced that there was something. And we had in one of the houses I lived in as a kid, we had this ridiculously long hallway from where the kids rooms were. You had kind of the front door, the kids rooms were close to the front door. And then you had this really long hallway that was just, it was solid wall on both sides that ran all the way to the other side of the house to get to the master bedroom and the living room. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it it seemed like a a weird design. That was a great design when we wanted to run laps in the house. um, Because the house was kind of circular in that way. You could kind of run through the entire house. Like it's a, like it's a track. Um, but that hallway would just, and I'd, I'd run down that hallway. That hallway would give me nightmares because I'd get, and I would dream about it sometimes where I would have those dreams where, you know, you're running and, and either like the hallway gets longer as you run or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I just was terrified of that hallway in my house, but that was the main hallway in the house. So it's not like you could avoid it. Mm-hmm. No, that would be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number two. Did you ever play a prank on someone? Hmm. None that I can recall. Okay. With the exception I, of, you know, dropping a little a little nugget of a fib to get someone going on something and then saying, Oh, gotcha. Right. Yeah. No yeah. I'm I'm with Bo on that one. I remember telling a guy something and he fell for it. Kind of just real harmless stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We uh when I was in school in England, we had um it was an all boys school and we had the kind of wooded area outside of the school grounds and we had convinced the younger kids some of the older kids convinced the younger kids that there was a masked gunman that was living in the woods oh geez mm. and so and we kept that going like we even made and the teachers got so angry we um it was like a very primitive version of photoshop and somehow on the school computers we printed up all these wanted posters and we'd put them up around the school and Oh man, the teachers were not happy at all. They had to send home letters to the parents. Like there is no criminal hiding in the woods outside of our school. Please ignore it. It's a bunch of kids. And for a while they couldn't figure out who it was. So we kind of kept that going for several weeks. And then finally they figured out who it was and we got in trouble. 
That's that's yeah. impressive. That's dedication to the it's, cause for sure. You know, it's I, I'm nothing if not elaborate. We'll put it that exactly. way. Exactly. Uh, number three, favorite movie monster. Now, this could be a scary monster, could be silly monster, could be lovable, could be whatever you want it to be. Could be the movie Monsters Ball with Billy Bob Thornton and Halle Berry if you wanted to. But no, wow. what's a favorite movie monster? Mm. I pulled I pulled that one out of somewhere. I don't know where that reference came from. <laughs> I think I might I think I might have a list. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. I was looking. I do. I mean, I'm thinking like, I mean, okay, Monsters Incorporated, mm-hmm. the movie, right? Like Mike Sullivan, uh, Sully. I mean, those guys are great. The Abominable Snowman. How do you, how do you like, you know, pass Snow that cone? guy? Snowcone? Snowcone. Welcome to the Himalaya. I mean, that was when, when that hit, that was like, okay, Pixar, you know what you're about. That's mm-hmm. outstanding. Don't um, don't give don't give too much away because we established earlier in this episode that uh, Bo has Bo almost got fired from the podcast when he revealed he hasn't seen Monsters Inc. You haven't seen Monsters Inc. Nope. <laughs> oh, seriously, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the warning, man. I wouldn't want to spoil it. Monsters Inc. is just really well done, and it's mm-hmm. it's. It's it's almost it's almost like a sleeper, not really, but it's almost like a sleeper. Like Toy Story, Wall-E, they get more of the the glitz and glam, but Monsters Inc. is just a really good one. And well, when just, the when the when the first basic premise of your movie is that it's kind of a commentary on the California energy crisis. Yeah. Then you're like you're watching it as an adult. You're like, huh? Well, that's timely. Yeah. No, it's it's just really good. Yeah, Bo, that would be yeah, that would be awesome. Um. And I guess the only other guy, uh, uh, how about the Balrog from, uh, from, uh, oh, uh, yeah. um, what's it called? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That Good thing one. Was, I did not and, come up with that one. Well and, done. Well, and just the, 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 the imagery when that thing started moving, maybe yeah. there were other movies that would make things move like that, but just, it just looked so cool. And, uh, when it would open up its jaw and just bellow, you know, and it was just, oh, but that thing was cool. I guess those would be the monsters that start. I mean, as you guys start talking, I'm probably going to think of another. Yeah, Bo, what have you got? Monster, but uh, uh, in three years, we get to talk about Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, which is an outstandingly good movie that I think should be on my top 10 list. But um, that's like my next countdown, you know, like Batman. Like now it's Dragon, the Bruce Lee okay. story. But in, in there, there was the demon that was always tormenting him. Mm-hmm. That thing was pretty cool. That thing was really cool. Yeah, man, there's so many good monsters out there, you know, I guess. Yeah, so I'm going to keep going. I'll keep listing. So someone else jump in. So I had a list also because I I, I was sort of trying to come up with things and I came up with so many and some were sure some were funny, some aren't. um, But like the classic movie monster, I did come up with um, Medusa from Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. Claymation with the snakes behind her head and. Yeah. There was a couple good ones from that movie, but the Medusa has always been one that sort of stands out to me. The, that one, um, kind of along the same lines, uh, the Jason and the Argonauts, mm-hmm. when you had the Hydra and you had the the skeleton army. Mm-hmm. And that one, love that one. That was probably one of my favorites growing oh, up. Oh, you know what? Medusa's not Jason and the Argonauts. No, that's Medusa's Clash of the Clash Titans. Of Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I said corrected. Yeah. That's, a, yeah, good, that's a good one. Medusa's fantastic. If, if you're ever thinking about funny um, uh, monsters, you always have to think of the deadites. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> just because, you know, it's hard for them to be scary. <laughs> I know. 
I will swallow your soul. Get some. <laughs> but and then there's, there's this is my boomstick. <laughs> you loved me once. Can you love me again, honey? Honey, you got real ugly. Oh, I can't. That's we, right. everybody's favorite. We can't forget everybody's favorite monster pet, the oh. rancor. Oh, yep. That was on that my was, list. That one didn't make the final final cut on my list, but that one was on my list. Yeah, the rancor is pretty awesome. Rancor, deadites, and Medusa. Those are the ones that kind of. Oh, well played, Bo. You're like playing. You're like playing the deep cuts, man. That's awesome. Like two with the Balrog. That was awesome. I don't know. There's so there's just so many good monsters out there. Maybe you know what? Maybe well, maybe for a 300th, maybe this topic would be a little bit small. But Mm. I don't know. Could you imagine an entire episode about the greatest monsters in the movie? Yeah, that is worth considering. I like it. Oh man! All right, John, what do you got? All right, so um. Yeah, I had a hard time narrowing, as usual, I had a hard time narrowing stuff down. Um, as a kid, they just, I, I loved monsters in movies uh-huh. as a kid. Um, it just had such a hard time coming up with what would be the favorites. Like, I think of the, um, oh, I forget the name of the creature, but the the two-headed dragon monster in Willow. Um, mm. I think of, like, all the classic movie monsters. You know, I love the original original Wolfman movie, the Lon Chaney stuff, um, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, all that good stuff. Now the ones as I kind of narrowed it down, I did have like the Rancor was on my list before I started to narrow stuff down a little bit. And I tried to think of, all right, well, what are some of the ones that even like from childhood on through to adulthood, because a couple others I had, I used to watch the movie Krull Mm -hmm. religiously and just love the monsters in that movie, especially the one kind of towards the end. Uh, the beast, I think, I don't know if it had another name other than the beast, but, um, just loved, loved the monsters in that movie. And as I kind of got down to it, I think I narrowed it down to about three and my three, uh, are kind of, um, two of them are childhood. One is I got, as I was a little bit older and my number one might be kind of the favorite of all time, but the ones from childhood Godzilla. Okay. Always a fan of the Godzilla movies. Anytime a Godzilla movie would come on, my dad loved them. We'd sit and watch them. Uh, I haven't seen the newest Godzilla movies. I did grab uh, the um, was it Destroy All Monsters or King of the Monsters was the one that came out like last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grabbed that from the library. So whenever I get free time, huh, um, I'm gonna watch that one. But uh, yeah, Godzilla was always a favorite as a kid. Loved Godzilla. The other one, I'm gonna go um, same movie as the Rancor, but I'm gonna go with the Sarlacc. And Sarlacc. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go pre beak Sarlacc. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because as a so kid, OG Sarlacc. The, the OG Sarlacc, right. Um, I'm going to go with that one because as a kid, we used to, you know how normal kids would play the floor is lava. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. And you'd like, you'd like take the cushions off your couch and you'd like put them around the room and you just like, you'd have places you could hop around. So the floor was lava. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We played the couches are skip Ray blast boats. And the floor is the Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. That's well played. And and one of us would end up either on the floor, and while somebody was climbing on the couch, we'd reach up an arm and pretend it was a tentacle and try to pull you down. That's awesome. So that was the fun times we had in our living room. That's outstanding. As I traumatize my brother and sister. Uh-huh. 
So, uh, but my number one of all time, I think I got to go with this one for number one of all time because I was obsessed with this as, you know, probably let's say from fifth grade, let's say kind of from fifth grade on, I got to go with the Xenomorph from the alien movies. Oh, of course. Because from fifth grade on, that thing was just, I mean, I was a huge alien fan. It, for a stretch of time in middle school, I would have said, if you would have given me a choice, you could have said, do you want to watch an alien movie? Do you want to watch a Star Wars movie? Do you want to watch a Star Trek movie? I would have picked Alien. Okay. I would have picked Alien nonstop. I just, I loved everything about Alien when I was in middle school. Um, and even still, like even still, that's one of my favorites. I'll, I'll go check out the comic books. I'll rewatch the movies. Mm-hmm. That's still one of my favorites. So I think I got to, for, for favorite monster of all time, I got to go the, the Xenomorph. Nice. Nice. All right. So uh, very, very quickly, what makes a number four, what makes a monster scary for you? Like, what is it about a monster? When you think of a monster that's scary, like what would be one, maybe two, but, but one quality that you're like, that's the kind of monster that terrifies me. And I'm going to, mine, I, I already know right off the bat. Mine is if it's unstoppable and invisible. Mm, like, sure. I want to be, I want to be able to see it and I want to be able to fight back. So the ones that are most terrifying to me are the ones that are like, no, there's no hope. Yeah, I'm kind of no with way you. of fighting back. You're just you're gonna die. You're not gonna see it coming, and you're gonna die. Right? Yeah, like I always picture, and it's funny. I, I relate this to gameplay more than anything, but like the the Borg in Star Trek, the original Borg, when they were just mindless killing machines, yeah. and they had yeah. more power than anything you'd ever seen, and you were done if they showed up. Isn't that when uh, when Q snapped them over like three? Mm-hmm. That sent sent them mm-hmm. to the Delta Quadrant. You know, they were just scary then. Yeah, that was like they didn't they maybe I'll watch that episode tonight. Didn't they like remove part of the hull or mm-hmm. something? I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they've done a really good job of total sidebar, but they've done a really good job of taking that scary Borg and uh-huh. putting it into the Star Trek online game that they have. OK, cool. they are a frightening enemy to deal with. OK. So mindless things like that. So I, I, I sort of equate it to something like the Dementors too, you know, mm-hmm. something that just has no, no goal but to kill and has no equal. Mm-hmm. I, I guess what would be the scariest for me, huh? I, I might, I might take a little bit of Johns and then a little bit of Bows and kind of combine them. I think what would be scary is if somehow the monster was coming after my family and I just couldn't stop it. I think that would be scary. Mm-hmm. I think that would be that would be it because like I'm thinking like okay are zombies really that scary well no um is depends on the zombie though like yeah if it's a, if it's, mm-hmm. if it's the slow walking kind that even I can outrun okay fine no big deal right if it's the kind that you can definitely kill them by blowing their head off with a shotgun all right but when yeah. you got those fast walking guys that's scary stuff no, yeah. if, if you're talking, if you're talking like the, the 28 days later zombies or the world war Z zombies or nope. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's when I, that's when I just find a nice little stick of dynamite and turn myself into a birthday cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my, please make a t-shirt of that. <laughs> Well, I, could, I've, I've been be, trying to come up with ways to have podcast merchandise, so I guess we can have a picture of me with a stick of dynamite in my mouth saying, I'm a birthday cupcake. 30-something uh, tw- <laughs> po- <laughs> movie podcast, and then whatever the heck that line was, just put that across yeah, the back. There we, there we go. Sorry, Pat, I totally derailed your list thinking about Man, scary I, walking zombies. 
Well, Pat's scared, I, I, of, Pat's scared of balloons, so I don't know that his list needs to go further. Yeah, than that. man, my list, I got balloons coming at me. And then John had that, I mean, that was like Shakespearean level poetry that you just recited for us right now. But uh, yeah, I don't know, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I can't think of like, a. I mean, all of it's scary. You know, the xenomorph is scary. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, like Mike Wazowski is not scary, but I mean, you know, I, so there's, there's always going to be like scary stuff. And I guess I don't want stuff like going in through my face and busting out from my chest. I guess yeah. pretty scary. I knew it was coming. Yeah. Oh yeah. He had the special. <laughs> he had the special. That's what I had. Waitress, change my order. All right, well, let's take this into a slightly different direction because Fred Savage was in this. Actually, both of the uh, Kevin Arnolds were in this. Um, the dad in Little Monsters was the narrator for The Wonder Years. So uh, so you had both Kevin Arnolds in this movie together. And okay. so question number five is, what is your favorite? If you had to narrow it down to one, what is your oh, favorite boy. episode of The Wonder Years? Oh, boy. I don't, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I don't remember The Wonder Years. Okay. I, rem- I remember watching it. I remember enjoying it. I remember all those things. I can't tell you like any episode. There was the one where Kevin went to work and like. That one's actually, that one's actually on my list. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to let you talk about it because that's the only one I remember. Kevin went to his dad's work? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like the only one I remember. So I'll let you talk about that. But um, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was a good one if it's on your list. But yeah, that's kind of all I remember. Okay. All right. Bo, do you remember enough of them to have a narrowed it down to an episode or a couple of episodes? Yeah. You know, I, honestly, the finale and the pilot for me always stuck out. Okay. Um, oh. as, as they tend to uh, on shows, because, you know, the pilot, they have the most time to plan because right. they're trying to sell it. And then the, the, the finale of a show like that is kind of like a, it's either a thank you note to the fans or a love story to the characters, depending on, you know, which angle they decide to take. And I think I liked the, I, I remember liking the way they wrapped everything up in the finale. And I remember thinking that for a pilot, they did a really good job of setting the table. You know, I, I don't know that I remember the finale. It's a lot of monologue of Kevin talking, like recapping what happened and then they show it, but you know, okay. I think he's, gosh, it might even be 10 years in the future. I can't remember. Okay. But he basically right. goes through and recaps what happened. Yeah. Um, the father dies unexpectedly at one point as he's okay. recapping what happened. and But it was just done. I remember thinking, oh, okay. So many shows don't wrap it up nice. Right. They, they did a good job of doing that. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. But, but other than that, I'm kind of with Pat that I can't place an episode of the wonder years in time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the beginning of the end, I can say, yes, that's something I can. Okay. There were, I remembered moments of some different episodes. And so I kind of, I picked out the, and I didn't know the episode titles. I had to go look them up. Um, but I picked some moments of different episodes. I'm like, those are the ones that if I think of the wonder years, I, re- that's what I remember about it. I, I don't know that I could tell you everything that happened, like every subplot of that episode and, and, you know, from beginning to end what happened, but I just, those were very memorable parts for me. So the one of them I had was the one you mentioned, Pat, the episode was called my father's office. Okay. 
And I, I want to say it was one of the first episodes. It might have been like the third or fourth episode of season one. And it was um, he goes to work with his dad. And, yes. you know, and up to this point, you know, his dad is being the real gruff, you know, very strict, you know, the the old school dad, you know, uh, up to this point in the show. And that's how you see him at home. And then he goes to work and he sees a completely different side of his father. Yes. Like he yes. gets this. He, he realizes, you know, his dad is the boss at home, but he's not the boss at work. And so mm-hmm. he sees uh, I think the turning point is he sees his dad get yelled at by his boss. And he's like, wow, maybe that's why dad comes home kind of grumpy sometimes because he's got to deal and, with and this. He's, he's not in charge here. And there was that really powerful scene where he, the dad had always come home and undo his tie and walk through the kitchen. And then the day Kevin did it, like Kevin followed him right through yeah. and stomps in. And I, I, yeah, I will remember being very touched by that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that part. Yeah. I remember that part too, where he does the same thing. Um, there was that one. And then the other two, I, I was having trouble kind of narrowing it down. The other two that I really liked was one was called the tree house. Okay. And it's where they're building, he and his dad are building a tree house together. So, you know, it's kind of that typical, you know, you're, you're still a young kid and your dad's going to help you build a tree house because that's what kids do. And, and you know, that's really fun. And then you can have like this tree house as your clubhouse cause you're a kid. And then as they're building this tree house, they start to realize that from up in the tree, they have a view of their next door neighbor's bedroom window. Uh-huh. And they are sometimes able to see the uh, nice looking next door neighbor undressing in the bedroom window. And, is, I, and I think in the episode, they each kind of, so this episode is also kind of a, a little bit of a metaphor for having the talk, uh, mm-hmm. the, the birds and the bees, if you will. And I don't think that they ever actually talk about it. But there's that moment in it when they kind of like look at each other and they realize that they've both been looking over at the neighbor's window. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of like this awkward, huh, well, maybe we don't need to finish this treehouse. Yeah, we're just going (laughs) to let that one go. We're just going to stand back. And and I think at the end of the episode, he says something like, and we never finished the treehouse. You know, I Mm -hmm. I don't think that they ever finished it. And I, I just remember that episode and remember kind of that that awkward moment of, huh. We're both looking yeah. at the same thing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, um, I don't think I need a treehouse anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just going to call it right there. Right. Right. Um, and then the other one that I picked out was, and there's a couple of episodes I feel like that were kind of like this, but the one that I think if I'm remembering it right was called summer song. And it was one of the ones where he goes off to camp for the summer and it's kind of like, you know, he has this, he has this kind of summer fling with a girl. I think he's still either in eighth grade or maybe a freshman in high school at that point in the show. And it's just that he knows that this is very temporary and he knows that at the end of the summer he's going to leave. They're never going to see each other again. And it just was a very sweet little, little story about, you know, just having this, this summer love affair with, mm-hmm. with another girl as, as he was off at, at summer camp or wherever it was, or his family was off vacationing somewhere. And he knew that he was only going to be there for a little bit of time and, and they leave each other at the end of the summer and he comes back to, to Winnie and everybody else. And, you know, he just knew that that was going to be a temporary thing, but I always, I always remember that episode. Right. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. Those are our five questions and that's going to do it for little monsters. Uh, so, uh, as I said, this, we are in October now. So if you come on back next time, next time we're going to be talking about, uh, a movie that I, I would hazard a guess and say that the majority of our listeners, including the majority of our hosts, have never seen this movie before. 
Uh, it is an Australian movie, which I originally added it to the list as a horror movie for October because that's what it was classified as. Sure. Now, now that I've watched it, I have come to realize it's not really a horror movie. It has some aspects to it that are horror, but it's not really so much a horror movie. And there's a bit of a story behind that. So uh, if you want to find out more about Celia, or as it's called in the United States, Celia, Child of Terror, uh, we'll be doing that one next week. So come on back next week for that one. And then following that, we've got Pet Cemetery. Uh, we're, we'll probably try to do an episode on The Joker sometime, the new Joker movie. Nightmare on Elm Street 5, uh, Leviathan, Shocker, and maybe we might do an episode on Zombieland Double Tap uh, if we get around to that one. But we'll see. I, I probably would rather do an episode on The Joker than the Zombieland one because I, I definitely know I'm going to go see The Joker when it comes out this weekend. So that being what it is, uh, come check us out at 30podcast.com interact with us on Twitter, call the voicemail line if you want to just drop in and say, hey, I love little monsters, I hate little monsters, my favorite episode of the Wonder Years is blah blah blah. That was not mm-hmm. an actual episode title, but you know, maybe it was. I don't remember all of them. So, uh, it it could have been, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so come on back next week, we'll be taking a look at the Australian I don't even know what to call it. Australian movie Celia. It's not horror, but it's Australian something. Uh, Celia is what we're going to be looking at next time. But uh, thank you, Bo, and thank you, Pat, for being here. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. All right, everybody, be excellent to each other and go watch some scary movies. We'll see you back here next time.